Welcome to iPodcast Magic Missile, where we play games and talk geek. Broadcasting every week from the New River Valley in the beautiful mountains of Southwest Virginia, we bring you audio from some of the most exciting games, new and old. No actual wizard spells here, just actual play from great games. This is iPodcast Magic Missile. I have a whole bunch of non submissions Good. already, so I'm thinking of putting them up. Really cool things. Most of them are drug experiences, but that's you know what, though? That's it's fine. relevant. No, it's totally relevant. Yeah. I'm looking for that. I just thought it was funny that they were all drug experiences. <laughs> well, there's far more people that have had weird drug experiences than have BID. <laughs> well, I'm, but I'm also looking. You know, like it's really comes so to like sleep paralysis. Like seventy five percent of people have sleep paralysis. Oh yeah. In life. No, I definitely had sleep paralysis. So it's like, um, like it's mundane things are fine. It's it's just that like. The, the big ones that I listed there are the ones that are, are best tied to neurological research. <laughs> so, like... 75% of people have sleep paralysis? Have had sleep paralysis, yes. At some point in their life, they'll have it. Really? Mm-hmm. I have never had sleep paralysis. It's terrifying. I've, I've heard that, and I just thought it was a very rare thing. That's interesting. I, had a lot, I've had, I used to have a lot of dreams where I would be wrapped up in my covers in the dream, and I wouldn't be able to move, or it was hard to breathe. And they were terrifying because I knew I was dreaming and I couldn't wake up and I couldn't move and I could barely breathe. And it turned out like like once 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 everything connected again, I was just like I was up and it was all fine. But it was it was terrifying. Because I always felt like scary. I was like wrapped up tightly in my covers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I've, I've definitely heard experiences about yeah. it. I just didn't realize it was that common. Well, a lot of times it's not even like a severe thing, so you might not even remember it because it's really mm-hmm. sometimes it can be really short lived or it's not scary. Like it's the Classical experience is, is the one pe- everyone talks about it are the scary ones because these are the ones people are compelled to talk about. Mm-hmm. But um, interesting, yeah. I, I would hesitate to classify my experiences with it as terrifying, like frustrating because I don't have control. <laughs> um, but that's not the same thing mm-hmm. exactly. What was the first thing you listed? Because it sounded intriguing and I had no idea what it was. Xenomelia and BIID. So, xenomelia. Yeah. Oh, is that one thing, or is that two separate things? It's one thing. So it's okay. xenomelia is the new thing that they started calling it. It's the thing that people <laughs> with BIID started calling it. Um, it's the sense that one of your limbs is, like, wrong and not yours. And it's like, follows a really common pattern. It tends to be actually below the left knee, and it turns out that um, it's super consistently linked to thinness or lesions in the right parietal lobe where that body mapping is. Hmm. Um, And so it's a very... It's a a really interesting condition. It's tragic. And these people... um, There's a huge ethical debate over it right now because... um, So from a utilitarian standpoint, there's a very clear answer because the people are so much more functional and like able to carry on their lives without the limb and they actually don't get phantom limb syndrome afterwards they have nothing to map it to (laughs) yeah and and um but at the same time it's chopping off a healthy limb so of course doctors are extremely hesitant to do it and so there's this huge thing but it might not be healthy if it doesn't feel right to have it there well the limb is healthy they mean the limb itself yeah so what i can make so you make an argument that if, if you know, 
I chopped off her arm hey. and stuck it to my side to improve my yeah. ski boxing. Hey. It stayed healthy. That's not actually a healthy limb, <laughs> really. Even though the the limb itself, like maybe from the elbow down, is fine. The fact that it's not my arm <laughs> isn't, no, no, isn't a healthy. The, the, it's not a healthy situation necessarily, yeah. but the limb yeah, itself could be pissed. perfectly healthy. Right. Well, yeah. we remove healthy tissue all the time. Yeah. Well, healthy. The. But it's. Part of the issue is that there is a, just like in other conditions, there's a conflation between um, apodomenophilics, which are amputee fetishists, and sometimes mm-hmm. self-amputee fetishists, mm-hmm. and people with the integrity disorder. So if you do it to the wrong person, then you've just cut off someone's limb and it's going to be a problem. It's true, but just like other things, it turns out... That if you know which one you have, right. it's it's indicated for one and not for the but other. But the problem for BIID is that there are no official medical challenge channels to get the limb removed, so there's no official screening process to delineate between them. Yeah, there you go. So it's a it's a really interesting condition, um, and you what happens is usually these people they remove the limb themselves. They like put it in dry ice or um, oh. they crush it. Or they cut off the circulation until it has to be removed by a professional because it's so traumatic to them. Um, so it, it's a very interesting. Uh, and then there there are things that are related but extremely different, um, like the uh, para uh, I always forget the word, but it, it's where they um, have brain damage in the part of the area that registers the limb as pretty much at all so they can feel sensation coming in through it but they have no conscious awareness of the limb as theirs hmm. so like they keep on waking up and thinking someone's like stapled a corpse leg to them and freaking out Gross. Oh, and wow. you cannot they despite the fact that it's obviously attached to them and part of them you cannot reason them into acknowledging it's their leg you can teach them to say it back to you but mm-hmm. you can't do it yeah, and no- Mirror box for that, yeah. What, what if yeah. you show them that it's healthy? They <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is so. This is this is one of those. I, I t- actually took a, I took a neuropsych course in college, and a lot of these interesting deficiencies. There's sort of two classes of deficiencies. There's one class of deficiency where you know you're missing a thing, and another class of deficiency where not only do you not know you're missing a thing, but you can't be convinced you are. Yeah, the asymptotagnosis. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Well, that's what they call it, at least with the body part missing. In your yeah. Well, there's an example of somebody who lost part, half of their visual field. But they lost the mapping for the half of the, yeah, for the visual field. And so if you ask them to draw a clock, they would put all the numbers on one side. And if you ask them why they didn't put it on the other side, they, they would look at you funny like they didn't know what you're talking about. One was a, there was, there was a, a, an example of somebody who had a stroke or something like that that caused that type of brain damage. And they were a, they were a teacher. And they, would, they had a large lecture hall. And so they would face the lecture hall and they would gradually, over the course of the lecture, start rotating to one side because all of the students were on the right side of the lecture hall, so so they would turn to face it. And then all the students were in the right corner of the lecture hall, so they would turn to face them. Eventually, they were just looking at the last one student up in the front corner. And you'd think that you'd you'd just see, like, you'd just turn and compensate, right? And that you'd, your brain would figure it out, but it doesn't, and it's just... Now, that's what's really interesting about yeah. that, yeah. Because, you know... Because it's like if you lose an eye, it's you've lost the input. Yeah. If you lose that part of your brain, you've lost the spatial awareness of that part of the universe even existing. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't there even been blind people who didn't know that they were blind? Yes. So, uh, uh, 
Babinski syndrome. So basically you lose sight, um, totally lose sight, but your brain thinks, basically you're, you constantly, there's this constant confabulation thing. So these people are absolutely convinced that they can see visually when they're completely and utterly blind. And we know that they can't see because, like, you know, you just ask them to describe, you know, what does a thing look like? And also, they, like, walk into traffic and shit. But <laughs> And they just have no visual perception. But they keep on... Part of their brain that's used to having visual perception is just insisting that it's still there. And then you have, an other, you have other cases where you have a reverse problem where the person um, is processing visual things... Uh, processing visual information... But the part of their visual uh, pathway that uh, basically their, their conscious visual processing isn't there. So they have this blind sight phenomenon where they can't see. So subjectively, they see nothing. But if you, like, you know, throw a wrench at them, they'll, block they'll it be able to dodge, dodge it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's super they have spatial awareness without consciousness of the fact that they have spatial, that they're seeing anything. Mm-hmm. Similar thing happens with me in Prosopagnosia. I can't recognize faces. Um, based on I can't recognize people based on their faces I've gotten kind of better at it through sideways things but um like sideways approaches but still like I think that I'm no longer of a problem and then like my friend will get a haircut and they won't know who they are <laughs> or I'll show up with this bizarre ass chin strap beard yeah just, like <laughs> fucking no clue what's going on who is this handsome Chinese man <laughs> <laughs> it's gone now that was and, a one day thing but <laughs> wondered if I had elucidated that I'm like this just must be the lights outside this theater that I'm just Oh, you didn't notice that? <laughs> it was it was only at the very the very end when we were talking outside the theater that I saw it, and I'm like, I must just I'm I'm probably just hallucinating again. <laughs> I hallucinate all the time. I'm probably just hallucinating that chin strap. It's fine. Carry but, on. <laughs> but the thing is that even though I can't, I won't consciously recognize a person if you were to hook me up to a um, I can't find the words. So strappy blinky machine and ECG? read. Yes. MRI, fMRI. No, 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 no. The the thingy with the skin. Yeah, yeah, that thing. Yeah. Electroencephalograph. Yes. Something or bobber. Um, the bobber is the part that actually does the picture. You know, yeah. Sparkling. Mm. From my physiological responses, you can see that on a physiological level, I recognize people that I know. It's just I don't have any conscious facial processing recognition, which is really interesting. Um, to me, because that's really fucked up that that can be a thing because you think of recognition as being uh, as recognition of recognition as a person as being inexorably intertwined with conscious uh, conscious recognition of a person so turns out the brain does a whole lot of stuff without the conscious mind being aware it's super uh, consciousness is super compartmentalized and um, here's a question so here's I don't know if you've ever necessarily heard of this, and I haven't, I'm too lazy to look it up, basically. But I've had this strange situation where sometimes in my life, it's like my brain will flip, and I will start doing everything with my left hand, and I will absolutely believe that this is my right hand. I will look at it, and I'll be like, this is my right hand, this is my left hand. This is, but why can't I, I write? I was doing everything today with my left hand, because I'm, you know... Left. There's a word for that. What, what is and that? And I was researching it today, and I forget. Because that happens to me, and then it just it messes with my head. Um, because I, I'll go to write with my right hand, and then I can't do it. And yeah. I'm like, why can't I do, do you this? Get migraines do you ever? left with your left hand? Not normally. 
Um, no, I can't mess with my left hand when it's my left right hand. It's incredibly confusing. Like, I will seriously have to sit down yeah. and sort my life out. Oh. I, 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 I shouldn't make fun. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. It's too easy of a joke. No, no, no. It's fine. It is perfectly fine to make, you know, to make jokes about it because that is the best way to deal with... I was just looking at the Wikipedia page for this. See, so you're just a resource for everything. Yeah, there are transient experiences of it, and then there are yeah. permanent versions that come from brain damage. Um, it's entirely transient. It's only for like a few hours, and then I realize I'm doing it. And then I have to do this trick. Which one is an L? It looks an awful lot like an L, but it's backwards. Wait. Oh, God. That's an L. Those this is here. left. <laughs> That's an L. Oh, my God. Who am I anymore? Neither of these look like that. Neither of these look like that. <laughs> I don't. don't, don't Anosodiophoria is the name of not knowing uh, what uh, that the body part is, and then anosognosia is the not knowing you have a condition. And then let me find really quickly the is it alokyria? I'm sure it's got an awesome Latin name that I can say. My brain does this to me sometimes, and it's exciting. But no, I don't get migraines. Like, I don't think it's associated with head trauma. Um, I want to see... Or migraines, or anything like that. I want to say it, it's allosthesia is, is one I, um, or a form of allocaria, but I don't know what they call it when it's transient. Um, I guess you would just call it... I'm sure I can probably just a put hole. transient at the start of it. Probably. Yeah. Transient allosthesia. But I probably could put a space there. <laughs> 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 much. That's right, otherwise it's a German word. Yeah, I think it's. I think it would be called uh, alokyria or alokyria. Hmm. Um, but interesting. Um, it yeah, it does not necessarily have to to be voided to a. Uh, it can be transient, and hmm. um, it was actually one of the markers for um, for. Uh, well, modern times, what they now call hysteria, <laughs> and what they, not what they used to call hysteria, which is... Wanting is, to vote? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, well. Uh, so wrong, wrong. Yet so correct. But, uh, <laughs> like, it's something that can happen when you're stressed out and stuff, what? and also just something that yep. can happen. I got better. Yeah. As long as it doesn't <laughs> stick that way. Yeah. But the good thing okay. is you know when it happens. Yeah, it's true. Like, I eventually notice it yeah. happening. Um, I can imagine it'd be dangerous if you were doing something like you were working with something that required a lot of, like, fine motor control and was potentially dangerous, like... Like being a surgeon or something. Yeah, that could be really bad. Yeah. But no, it'll be more like I'm checking out library books all day. Or I'm, like, petting the cats all day. Yeah. And it's just left-handed I mean, like, like, instead of right-handed. Like, long hand is not yeah. the end of the world. <laughs> be careful when you work in power tools and gardening, sharp gardening yes. equipment, yeah. I would say. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll double-check. I suppose, I suppose wiring Gardeners. might be an issue, too, depending <laughs> oh, yeah. on if you get the circuit backwards. Yep. When, uh... You ever have the thing where, like, like have your eyes closed and you're going to sleep and, like, you can no longer know where your limbs are? Yeah. It's like they're, like, no. all disproportionate. But that's kind of neat. When that happens to you, does it make... Does it feel like your body is huge and then feel like your body is minuscule yeah. repeatedly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. it just drives me nuts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Someone's weird. Yeah. yeah. I have a thing where sometimes when I'm sitting in a chair, especially leaning back, like, something like that lazy boy... If I'm leaning back and I have my eyes closed, I feel the chair rotating hmm. forever. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. 
and it's not rotating because it's, you know, if it was rotating, eventually my hip foot would hit the wall. It's yeah. the Coriolis so effect, man. I once spent in <laughs> high school as a school project an entire weekend blindfolded. And um, there was this weird thing. If I walked up a slight incline, mm-hmm. it just caused me to be completely unable to do anything. Like, <laughs> I, so I was like walking up Wendy's driveway blindfolded. And she was like, just walk forward. And I was walking like... <laughs> just like walking in circles. It was very strange. Well, you were like light in the curvature of space around like a, a massive star or something like that. Like, Damn, I wonder if that's you just follow the geodesic. <laughs> I wonder if that's to do with like where you put your feet when you're turning. You're probably like, getting wrong inputs because your... your foot is hitting the floor too soon. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. And one of you, since one side of your body is dominant over the other, mm-hmm. you're going to tend to turn. And in general, I think if you if you if you're like if you're just wandering through the woods or something, you have a tendency oh, yeah, to veer off turn. to one side. But that's over time. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, it's it'll be pretty short, but it's not the same as like no. that kind of. Of course, like I I have no fucking clue about the nerve. I know some theoretical things <laughs> about the neurology of these, but I can assure you anything I speculate will be wrong. Whereas, <laughs> Kaylin, you will walk in directly in a straight line because you can sense north. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I have I have a special tool for that. <laughs> More than you. <laughs> Vaguely. But if you have any of these experiences, you should share them. <laughs> <laughs> The spooky tumbler count. This has been this has been bizarre, disturbing medical review with Caitlin. It's not disturbing medical things. These are all Some normal experiences. Yeah, it's yes. super interesting. It is and really they're fascinating. Cool, they're, it's just they're cool things that happen with brains and. Some, sometimes they'll have more extreme things. Sometimes people do have uh, pathological, you know, occurrences. But I'm also just super interested in the, you know, the things that people just mm-hmm. sometimes their brains are confusing. And that probably tells. I probably will say more about this in general because the extreme cases are good for delineating the boundaries of. Mm-hmm. You know, but. So, what is it? does anyone have any other stories to tell? I have one last question that could easily be taken as possibly crass and offensive. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so, I'm sure there's a community of people that have the IID and they like get together and talk yeah. and like commiserate with one another. Is there like do they collectively hate the Evil Dead movies? For mocking <laughs> their condition? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Because I'm just wondering, like, Evil Dead 2 is, would probably be the closest thing that would be a common media portrayal of such a thing. And it's obviously not very respectful. Yeah, if you're thinking about Strange it like that. Or I don't see that's the same thing, though, because it's magic-based. No, Strange, strange yeah. Love, I can But that's totally Alien see. Hand Syndrome. That's different. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yep. It's, oh. it's super, uh... It's... Yeah. Um, not having control over that that hemisphere is just like just doing its own fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I don't know how they feel about Evil Dead. They probably want to fuck Bruce Campbell because there's like fair. such an overlap with the uh, other thing because the same lo- uh, area in the brain is right next to the area for genitals. So you get all sorts of oh, people that, have all sorts of lovely experiences. Yes, it's on the <laughs> that justifies that existing. Yes, it 
Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you, you said that the foot fetishes also can come from the same situation. Yeah, that's why people's toes curl when they orgasm. Because it's... Yeah. Huh. The more you know. <laughs> it's funny how many things that are just like... It's now I'm trying to think of my last orgasm and whether my curls, toes curled or not. And I can't. I can't remember. But the problem is that, like, <laughs> next time, if you're thinking about your toes curling, then it's just... You're never going to get there, so... Take that, audience. <laughs> unless, you're, unless your toes are hot. Unless case, your toes yeah, are hot. Unless or you're a foot fetishist. There you go. Oh. Yeah. That's how you know. Are you... I, you know, I've never met a person who was a foot fetishist for their own feet, though. Hmm. Maybe it's just they're too familiar. You need... That yeah. would be a good life, though. Use your left you know? foot. Stranger foot. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger Damn my visual. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little trench coat. But yeah, no, they, have, they, have, they have their own uh, lovely community. Um, <clears throat> it's really funny because there, there are a whole bunch of these things that seem like they're actually probably like they have a lot of overlapping experiences, but each one is sure that the other is fucking crazy. Um, which is really unfortunate because um, there's a... There, I feel like they could actually really help support each other because obviously they're very different things, but there are some cases that are so similar that it's almost like, like you well, should be talking. You can relate, yeah, to somebody who has something like that. It's like, oh, your body's wrong. Yeah, yeah, so, sure, that's a thing. That similar, similar. So similar it's more about. Yeah, Ramachandran is working on both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Trade arms. Yeah. Speaking Jennifer of which, swap. Yeah. Define your correct arm. East Coast arm swap. I set a record this week. Uh, How many women? No. <laughs> no. My electrolysis has never ever had someone do four hour sessions and has never had someone do eight hours in a single week. Damn. And yet I have. Let me tell you something. Oh my god. If there was a torture. <laughs> We're beautiful, smooth-faced terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, that actually would work uh, yeah, very the, well. Yeah, yeah, the it would. In fact, I've, I've actually that's actually come into my mind a couple of times. But yes, um, someone should get on that shit. Probably not. <laughs> wow, I should not advocate torture on this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll do, do that somewhere yeah. else. Torture off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> torture the APs all <laughs> That's our different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah, so um, I'm still sore, but um, I know now that if I'm ever captured by Al-Qaeda and have my toenails pulled out or my skin flayed off... You can do it. I can do it. <laughs> For anyone who's never, ever uh, had the pleasure of this particular experience, imagine a an electrode that fires massive pulses of electricity being jammed into every single pore in your face. That sounds like extremely specific stuff. <laughs> Is that exactly what was happening? That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yep. <laughs> and then, um, and then the individual hairs being plucked out one by one afterwards, which great. is actually not the worst part. No, sometimes it's it is. Dead by that point, right? No, 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 they're not dead. So here's the problem: oh, is really? that the hair, the oh, root wow. of the hair, is thicker than the pore. Yeah. So when you pull it out, it tears at the pore. So yeah, yeah it, it's 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 like having all your hairs plucked out. At least it wasn't the butthole. Well, it's not like having your. No, there's, not, there's more nerve endings in your in your face than there is in your butthole. 
I don't know about that. There's <laughs> <laughs> like more nerdies in my face than there is in my butthole. I don't know about your butthole. Okay, I'll presume. I'll presume to assume anything about your butthole. Don't speak on behalf of my butthole. <laughs> talk over my butthole, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Will, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got you. So yeah, so um, so yeah, torture. It was a lot of fun. You like results though, right? Yes. <laughs> I will. Ne- I, I may have to run a razor over my face occasionally, but I will never have to shave. And that, my friends. Because it's just maintenance at this point, right? Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> my cousin did it on her legs. She <laughs> said it wasn't too bad. The, the legs are less. Yeah. And the hair is the hair is much further apart and is not as thick. Is a male beard. Yes. Which is, uh, I was I was done about two hours in, and then there was another two hours of it. And she kept asking me if I needed a break, and I kept saying no. Keep going. <laughs> it was like the opposite of torture. Right. She probably needed a break. <laughs> God damn it! Well, I can I, give up. <laughs> I guess I'm shaving my legs forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not that bad if you want it to that bad. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I guess so. You know what I mean? Ooh. But I like to bitch about things, so if I were in that situation, I would just bitch anyway. Speaking about <laughs> bitching about things, a lot of us saw one of the greatest movies perhaps ever made. <laughs> oh, Godzilla. It's called Godzilla, and it's great. Go see it. Just do yourself a favor, a guilty pleasure favor. Do you like the blandest possible protagonist in the universe? With no forehead. Do you have a special pair of sweatpants? <laughs> Wear them when going Wear out. Wear them. <laughs> out. To see Godzilla. Sneak ice cream into the theater. Yeah. Are you incapable of empathizing with a Japanese child? <laughs> watch Godzilla. This movie is... Perfectly within the style of the old Godzilla movies, by which I mean it is bad if you came to see a serious movie. It doesn't have a whole lot of fish like Matthew Broderick's film, (laughs) but (laughs) I know I was actually kind of I I was waiting for the uh, lot of fish metaphor or uh, allusion, Mm -hmm. and it never came. But it is a really really good camp movie. It mm-hmm. does not present itself as a camp movie in any of the trailers or anything like that. No. But it is definitely camp. Yeah. But the guy's so boring, he breaks the camp sometimes. He does. He does. The, the, oh, no. The, he's awesome. The main yeah. character doesn't know he's in a camp movie. The rest of the movie knows it's a camp movie. Yes, oh, by the way, spoiler alert, Brian Cranston, who I'm sure plenty of you would probably go to see the movie for... He's in for... He's in for maybe 40 minutes, if you're lucky. And then it's taken over by his son that is bland. And has a gross mustache. I just want to... Yeah. I want to make him shave it or grow it. I don't yeah. care which. Yeah. <laughs> it's an uncomfortable in-between stash. <laughs> yeah. I was and like... I was, he, maybe he's 14. Maybe. He's, yeah. He's, 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 he's... Somehow he's a bomb guy and a paratrooper and a... It's just... I think he was a clone trooper, too. He was all kinds of... Things. <laughs> he's, he's randomly good at anyone he's around. He's, just, he's, he's the better expert in the room. Other job. He's always expert in the room. He's able to give orders over commanding officers to other people. It's just a weird fucking... 
I spent the first hour and 15, hour and 30 minutes of that movie being so angry. I'm not sure the movie's that long. <laughs> Was it not that long? I don't remember. I don't remember either. It, it felt that long. <laughs> being so angry with it, and then I realized at the end that it was all just a joke. And then I, and I, was, I don't think it, it was. There were definitely. And it was hilarious. It was a really good joke. There were the two, setup was really long. It was a Shaggy Dog story. <laughs> there were two visions in it. One of them was really great. Like they had a great yeah. kaiju fight. They, did. they had great camp. Oh, gorgeous. Kaiju. Oh, it was good. It, it was, was good. It was definitely it worth was, seeing. Yeah. Do not really see it good. as a serious movie, though. This no. is not 2012, <laughs> which my parents made me see. <laughs> I, you know what though, Kieran, I speechless. think they they just they just deadpanned it. They deadpanned the fact. I don't see what the joke was. What is the punchline? They're just bad at making. The punchline was it was a great movie all along. We just didn't know it because the trailers did it disjustice. Yeah, I think I think that there's a very simple Occam's Razor explanation for the main character being a you know popsicle stick drawing, <laughs> which is that. That is what movie executives believe people want to go yes, see. Absolutely. And so that's all they're going to make. And the director took that and made a Godzilla movie around that. And so considering that, considering the fact that you're remaking a Godzilla movie, how are you going to do it? Well, you're not Stanley Kubrick. You don't have Super Pole. I don't even know the director's name that did it. He's not a name enough of a name to... Say no! I'm going to have an interesting main character. So no, you just plug and play your crappy. <laughs> but dude. how are we going to get this one weird white family in the middle of Japan? That's right. I yeah. don't know. I don't but know. Just no one can empathize with anyone else. That's right. They're like different looking. How how can we have sympathy for those different looking people? It's okay. We'll put a five year old Japanese boy in here for like. Four minutes! Yeah. To be fair, he did have the baseball cap and shorts, yes, so it was he great. Did. Yes, it was beautiful. It, it, it really does seem like, though, like, shorts. that... So Every Godzilla movie has a child... A young with, boy. ...who has a baseball cap and shorts. Mm-hmm. And he runs around, they getting make... into trouble, possibly saving the day. Yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Japanese. that... I'm thinking that... He lived in Japan and he didn't speak any Japanese! <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, too. Despite being an expert in everything, he didn't speak any Japanese, no, despite more. living in Japan. Yeah. Growing up in Japan, Growing anyway. up in Japan, yeah. 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 Yep. Seems Hard. So, well, he went to an English-speaking school conveniently, so we could get that. So scene. we could get the scene of little white kids. There was not a single subtitle in that movie. Half of which took place in Japan, which was crazy. Because if I am noticing, people should have to read in a Hollywood movie. Oh, when I just expect and don't care because I'm just expecting. If it gets to the point where I notice it and it's bothering me throughout the movie, then it's actually pretty bad. Well, no. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is where I think she's right. Right. So I think what Thank ended up happening was that the, the 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 studio said, "Well, we need to make this an action movie, and we need to have a protagonist that the audience, by which they mean uh, eighteen to forty year old white men, can relate to, right?" And but, their girlfriends. And, and they, yeah, and their girlfriends. They, they dragged to the movie who really wanted to be even more boring. We're so yeah. Also, has no forehead. Plus, she was stupid as shit. Yeah, she was yeah. pretty dumb. Shit. She made one. She was she she was, however, the only person who wasn't a white man who made a decision of any moral or story import the, the entire movie. It's because yeah. she put her boy on the bus. Spoilers. But she tried not to. She really dumb as fuck. What about the scientist who should have been one of the main characters who talked all the time about how Godzilla will bring balance? 
science. She was a magical Negro. <laughs> you, so, you can't have I, scientists in a Godzilla. So, so, but, so here's uh, just to finish my thought here. Um, the director was told they needed that, and the director said. Fuck that. If that's what you want, I'm still making a Godzilla movie, and I'm going to go so over the top with all the bullshit, racism, sexism, just all that stupid I mean, shit to show you. Credit. You're giving yeah. them way too yeah. much credit. I don't no, it was just it just ha- changed hands so many times that it turned into the same bland garbage that all the executives yeah. think we I want mean, to watch. I'm not saying this anyway, was malicious. Duncan, sorry. <laughs> uh, so I was just going to say, uh, there's there's been a thing going on in movies lately wherein they are marketed internationally mm-hmm. and are like different movies. So yeah. when I saw the Godzilla preview, I thought there's it was Chow Yun Fat, right? Yeah. And right. Brian Cranston. I bet that in the like Japanese release of this movie or the Asian release of this movie, wherever, Chow Yun Fat's the main character. I mean, I don't know if I that's... I hope so. I would like that world. I would like, let's go find that let's movie. Let's go find I that movie. I would watch it with so terrible. Right, yes. totally so I read that in Iron Man 3, for example, there's some, like, random Chinese scientist right, who appears in a scene, maybe even has a speaking line. In the Chinese yeah. release of Iron Man 3, there is a subplot about that Chinese scientist. Oh, cool. Yeah. cool. They have a whole, like, entire segment of the movie... About yeah. that Chinese scientist, like helping Tony Stark do something or something. I don't know. That's super neat. Quit cabling to the internet. Yeah. So that was what this. I thought might have been going on. That, that's actually more that's likely. Very possible. And I like that. Makes me feel yes. So much better. But I it makes me feel so much worse that the what the, what we got spoon fed was yeah, the I mean, bullshit like, that we got spoon fed. Well, that's yeah. our own damn fault. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. Our fault. No, it's, it's not our fault. Our fellow I mean, Americans' yes. fault. The audience but, is never asking for it. It's also Hollywood <laughs> underestimating what people want. Yeah, people I, I, my biggest complaint with Hollywood is that it talks down to its audience, which happens in almost every movie ever. You know what? Days. I don't think it's trying fat. Um, it's Kim Watanabe. Okay, I was going to say, because yeah. I could Blast. swear it's because yeah, I was like, if that is, and I misrecognized him, Japanese then I am. <laughs> My my perspective is way worse. Than that. <laughs> no. But no, I think it's just like okay, so it's a Godzilla movie. It's an early summer blockbuster. This is like the first one out of the gate. We've got what else do we have coming? We've got Guardians of the Galaxy. We've got X-Men. Transformers. We've got X-Men. Watch it. It's got Peter Dinklage. Yeah, so we've got That's all who? sorts of like splashy He's the guy who invents Sentinels. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. They just said, "Okay, you're in the movie because you're a great actor." Mhm. You can just play one of the characters, like you're, like it you're just, a great actor, like you're maybe one of the better actors in this movie. You are certainly in the top three. <laughs> to be fair, that's I'm probably true. He's yeah. a pretty good actor. Um, Man, I just want to see him and Ian McKellen and uh, oh Patrick Stewart I don't think just I can on screen that. I don't think at the my same time. Can I will that. just <laughs> die if that happens. I'll be like, Ugh! oh, my favorite actors. <laughs> I'm done. Drop the mic. I saw a movie... Actually, you guys would probably like this movie. It's called Knights of Badassdom. Knights of Badassdom? It has, I'm intrigued. It has uh, Summer Glau. Uh, and I'm already on board. Oh, uh, and then, like, Steve Zahn and I've Jason gotten, Stackhouse from True Blood. I've gotten on board, and I'm waiting for the train. Well, it's, apparently... It's an awful movie, just so you know. <gasps> but it's it's pretty special. It's, it's about people LARPing and accidentally summoning demons. That, yeah, that sounds I saw, wonderful. I saw what was it? Ads for it? Knights of Badastum. Knights of Badastum. All right. Well, uh, I will time travel to a point in the timeline where I have watched that because I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, that in some ways reminds me of a movie I haven't seen that I kind of want to called Tai Chi Zero. 
Oh, oh which, yeah. yeah. Is how I discovered uh, Cloud Atlas. Mm. Because they rearranged their launch date for the movie because of Cloud Atlas. Well, one of those movies is better than the other. But I need to see um, that. That is to say, Cloud Atlas is better than. It's uh, worth watching. Have you seen Tai Chi Zero? It's not. Tai Chi Zero is super camp. It's fun. And I've got Tai Chi Hero on my Netflix queue. Pretty sequel. Oh, there's a sequel already. Yeah, it's a, it's a. Well, I think it was already intended to be a trilogy. Because I mean, it's Tai Chi Zero and Tai Chi Hero, and at the end of Tai Chi Zero, it's like Tai Chi Hero is coming for you. Did you say trilogy? I did say trilogy. What is a trilogy? It's like a trilogy, like a trilogy that's been smashed up. It's two thirds of a trilogy. Ability. As in the Latin prefix by instead of try. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. It's like a Biden. Uh, yes, a biology. Yeah. Yeah, Biligy. exactly. Could be a trilogy, I guess. So, okay. Yeah. That's a different know. thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly. Duplogy. I've come to expect <laughs> broken up into very, very little from Hollywood these days. So Considering that, the fact that we got a good kaiju fight out of it, yeah. <laughs> Brian Cranston at all doing anything, because he's pretty good. Um, and then really laughable, tropey moments that oh, just so made me just. Yeah, I, I like. Laugh out loud. So good. Laugh yeah. out loud comedy. Outstanding. And actually, we, I want to not spoil any of those for our listeners, because yeah. those are the things that'll actually make the movie. Exactly. Yeah, so, so it's for really the fun. first half. It'll be worth it. Yeah, yeah. You get through it, and I mean, just basically, just mock, just MST3K that army guy. That's what I did. I got through <laughs> it. I'm just like, oh, now I see. That Patrick is very patient with me. That's all I'm saying. The end. So nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Godzilla. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. It was fun. I, I really enjoyed it, and my bitching is mostly just because. Really, when I'm not upset about the things that I'm saying. I'm upset, I'm upset because I hated the main character and I thought it was boring. <laughs> Part of the fun is and bitching about The fact is that things. I noticed those things because he was so bland. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I am upset about the other things, but I'm more upset about, the, because I'm a terrible person, the fact that it, he's just fucking terribly bland. The movie was so bad it was good until it was good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then it was just good. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I love the miniatures. They're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, and I have to say, there was one good moment, a one legitimately good moment in this movie, I thought, which was the Halo drop scene. Yeah. Set to Georgie Leggetti, creepy choir music, and it's quiet, which I think they at least got that right, because I personally believe that before every battle scene, you have to have a quiet, long, dark night scene. You know, mm-hmm. even if it's just one little moment of just quiet before everything blows up, you need to have a really good, quiet scene to make everything that else That goes okay. all the way back to the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah, it's Jesus in the garden. Yeah. And they just kept using that for Exactly, yeah. 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 What about a battle uh, battle speech? A battle speech? You gotta have the battle speech. Yeah, you have have to have the battle speech. Braveheart that shit. Yeah, so the the quiet moment can either come before or after all the excitement, the battle speech. Mm. But you have to have that. And this one was actually really good. Like, it, it was quiet. There was no, like... With the exception of this sort of creepy in the background, oh, atonal awkwardness. It was very quiet. It was just mm-hmm. air blowing past your ears, and they were just falling into smoke and fire and hell. And it was nice for just a moment. And then it kept being the Godzilla movie. <laughs> so I wanted to, to bring to everyone's attention that they turned down Joseph Gordon Levitt for that role. What? <laughs> Angry now. For which role? Angry. For the main character I was stuck staring at. Two him. out of ten. Uh. <laughs> 
So, um... It looks like there is not a alternate cut, but we won't know for sure until it's releases in China in um, July. Oh, yeah, that makes okay. sense. Second thing, which I think is interesting, although if it's be, if it's largely for the Chinese market, they may mm-hmm. not put a whole lot of Japanese yeah, stuff in there. That. What a strange thing. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> um, the second the second bit here is I did notice that there was a lot of not music. Mm-hmm. Which was good. Yeah. I enjoyed that, which I think is a nice trend in Here's funny what's funny, Godzilla has received mostly positive reviews from film critics, with some praising the film for the slow pace and others criticizing the length of time before the head of character appears on screen. That's what the criticism is about. I would be thrilled. Love the things we hate. I was thrilled with every moment he wasn't on screen. Unbelievably yeah. boring douche. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what are they? Wait, what are the two things they're criticizing for? Uh, the critic things. The thing they criticized for was how long it took before the monster showed up. Yeah, he, he was there like really early. He was there. He was there in the opening credit sequence. Let's be fair. He does appear in the opening credit sequence. I mean, and I agree with Abel Edelstein on this, where he says that the director does a Godzilla strip tease, showing you his leg here and a tail that's there. How you're supposed a to slow do burn. it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a grown up. Like, have people forgotten the original Go- Gojira? Like, has anybody gone back and watched that? Because he doesn't show up for a long time in that, and he doesn't just come trundling up in the first scene and high five a child. No, it's about. Sorry. Yeah, about... <laughs> this is very I know. I'm, I get yeah. fire and brimstone about movies. I gotta say that 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 kind of reminds me a little of Curse of the Golden Flower, mm, which yeah. is ostensibly a martial arts movie. Yes, and it is a martial arts movie in that half of the movie in its entirety is martial arts fighting. Mm-hmm. However, this is almost entirely the second half of the movie. Yes. There's like one one third of the way through, there's a two minute fight between the young prince and his dad and yeah. his little sparring match. Half of the way through, there's the Spider Man clone ninja attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, where like fifty Spider Man ninjas fly down and slaughter a village. Yeah. And then just after the halfway mark they start fighting and they don't stop until like five yeah. minutes before the credits where everybody dies. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Because this is a, like a alert. Interesting. The, the thing that it reminded me of was um, back in college, I lived down the hall from a couple of guys who used to stay up really, really, really late hmm. and ostensibly do work because they were just both night owls. And they always, and, and when if I had to cram for a test or whatever, do a project, I would, you would sit in their room because they had a common room because they were the corner suite or whatever. And they had cable and they would always have Cinemax on. Late at night. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and so, one of the things you learn about pacing <laughs> <laughs> when you watch these Skinamax movies is that like they they slowly introduce them. They introduce the main character. They slowly introduce the various the girls that the hooks. You, the hooks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and then but you don't see boobs until the last fifteen minutes or so. Hmm. And. Because that's all, that's all you're going to get to. So if you if you show the boobs in the first 15 minutes of the movie, there's no point in making the rest of the movie. Never show the monster. Never show the monster. Exactly, exactly. Never show the monster. So so that's what I always think of when I think of these things is that like yeah, that he did the right thing. You don't show the boobs mm-hmm. until yeah everything's uh, been teased and you're all ready right. to you, you're really excited and you want to you want to you yeah you just worked up to see you, Godzilla. You should stop there. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I can understand some of the critics saying, oh, they didn't get to Godzilla quick enough, because they are expecting a Michael Bay movie. Like, yeah. they're expecting Godzilla. I hate Michael Bay movies. Yeah, yeah, so are terrible. Yeah, 
I was agree. pretty early. Yeah. You did. Like, I I think that it was relatively well-paced. And yeah. the fact that we did not have a Michael Bay helicopter exploding chase fight scene as our opener does not mean that it's not a good gut I wish I could movie. make the Michael Bay sound with my mouth. I know! <laughs> <laughs> that would be, like, an awesome, if Just mostly useless, uh, I, I was going to say superpower. What you just did, I think everyone immediately knew what you were doing. Yeah, yeah but it's not good enough. You preface it by saying that it was the Michael Bay that yeah. sound. It won't help you make that sound with your mouth, but you will just get to hear that sound into uh, music. A lot. Yeah. Let me think you're ringtone on your phone. <laughs> I was highly amused by the fact that the Mutos made... Was it a trombone or a tuba sound? Like some sort of like Sly and the Family Stone bass line, like <laughs> and their giant like bassy noise whenever they'd go by, and their creakiness. Yeah, I love the creaking noises they made when they yeah, and their little echolocation squeaks and everything. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? The Mutos, the bad guy. What are Mutos? They are. It stands for um, something, something massive, massive unidentified terrestrial organism. organism. Yes. What is that? Okay. They're the monsters that Godzilla fights. Yeah, it's basically the yeah. We're not really spoiling anything there. No. They're they're very cool. So Godzilla's the good guy. He's a friend to children ish. He's Ken Watanabe's friend. Let's just say he tucked his arms into a shell and flew off to an alien planet to rescue children. I thought Godzilla and like even in some of the original Japanese movies had children. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Sometimes Godzilla is. Godzilla is usually a face. Yeah. Well, we were asking well, well, no, if no, 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 no. Elle was asking if Godzilla is male or female. Female. Uh, female. They changed it for this movie because uh, you know. Go- yeah, Godzilla <laughs> is male in movies where Godzilla does not have her son, and mm-hmm. female in movies where okay. she does have her son. Well, mm-hmm. usually they say that sh- they say that Godzilla is female, but they use exclusively male pronouns the same way they do for the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, the T Rex, because it's like a um, I don't know. Because it's a weak sexism. Yeah, because anything not human despite, is default. Any animate thing not human is by default male. Despite you know the the way sex dimorphism works in you know reptiles and birds being bigger and scarier if you're female, but um, which they at least did in this one. The, right, they the did with the the mm-hmm. So I just read about a book today, which sadly has a hold on it, so I wasn't able to check it out. Called Ancillary Justice. It's a sci-fi book. Where she refers to everybody in, in using feminine pronouns until uh, it is discovered that they are male, mm. um, and that's like kind of an interesting aside from the book because it's 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 actually about an AI that gets downloaded into a human body and then mm. is going to seek revenge. But that actually sounds kind of cool. Did, um, did, um, did Ursula Gwynn do that in, yes. Le- in Left Hand of Darkness, well, all right? Exclusively male pronouns. Was exclusively male pronouns in yeah. Left Hand. The choice was made because because she she, she thought a- that they wouldn't publish it if she did it with another set or with... <sighs> yeah. So disappointing. She has a Tumblr. But, uh, Ursula Gwynn is a freaking badass. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. also, um, to tag on to that, I have a book recommendation for Godzilla. If you like Godzilla, you would probably love to read the book Shambling to Hiroshima. It is a small novelette. It's only about 100 or so pages. It is um, sort of a love letter to Godzilla movies. It is centered around an actor who was supposedly... Um, who is the guy in the Godzilla suit. Only the story that it tells is that um, during World War II, 
the U.S. Army found out that the Japanese were developing gigantic Godzilla creatures in reality. And so they wanted to prove... I think they wanted to prove that they had one themselves. And they had two options. They could either bluff the Japanese into believing that they had a Godzilla monster that could defeat their monsters... Or they're going to drop the atomic bomb. And so this guy is tasked with, like, this A-team of, like, Willis O'Brien and a bunch of other, like, monster movie, <laughs> golden age Hollywood people to create this perfect set to do this once-in-a-lifetime Godzilla performance <laughs> on this stage that they will then broadcast to the Japanese as a fake newscast to try and make them believe that we have a super weapon monster. And... <laughs> it's amazing. That's the best thing. <laughs> and they do it, and then, you know, I will i won't spell, spoil the rest of the movie, but it's very funny. It's a short, quick read. It's very satisfying. If you are a fan of Golden Age Hollywood or stop old stop-motion animation or monster movies at all Ooh. from that era, it's, it's sort of like, you know... If you're writing a book and it name drops all sorts of legendary characters, it's kind okay. of like that. So, you know, Willis O'Brien isn't a main character, but he shows up to do things, mm. and they're always talking about Obi doing things. And, um, you know, it's interesting. It's also a little bit dark and nihilistic at the end, but that's okay. And it's good. It's a good read. It was recommended to me by Corey Brunson. Awesome. Yeah. So, there you go. Shambling Towards Hiroshima by a guy I forget. <laughs> Hold on. Somebody can look this yeah, up yeah. quick to the internet. I, I did also want to mention that the uh, the book I was talking about, Ancillary Justice, it won the Nebula this year. Oh, right. uh, what is that called again? Ans- James Morrow, by the way. Ancillary Justice by Anne Leckie. You should get that from the library. I want to read that. I'm going to. I'm on the hold list for it. I like. It wasn't I like available. When people play games with language in books just because it's interesting. Yeah. Although. I was unimpressed with China Meville's Embassy Town. That was a little bit of a disappointment. Because it sort of... You need more... Well, you, have you read that? I just heard. Yeah. It misunderstands how language works, to some yeah. extent. Um, there's actually a similar problem with... Um, although it's done tongue-in-cheek... Um, oh, who said uh, to say nothing of the dog? Um, Doomsday Book. Connie Lewis. Lewis. Connie Wells. Connie Willis has a short story in one of her, and I'm actually not a huge fan. I really love Domesday Book. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of her short stories, but she she writes a short story about um, um, something about a spice pogrom, and it's these aliens that have that have this extremely literal language, and every word is an exact signifier for one thing in their language, and therefore. Because space and program also mean different things. They're trying to do a joint space program. They have to use different... They have to come up with different words to talk to them. But it's... I mean, it's dry and kind of silly. But, like, yeah, language doesn't actually work that way and can't. So... Well... Not for humans. Not for humans. Not for humans that we know. It just doesn't. Anyway. I I, I gotta say, I did like her... um, I don't know if it's related. She might have written more stuff since uh, Billigy, um I'm going to use that all the time now. Uh, <laughs> You're Blackout and All Clear, mm. which is a book about a time traveler who's gets stuck in World War Two. Nice. That like, that one actually that that one actually seemed like it was it was interesting. I mean, I lo- I loved Doomsday Book. To say nothing of the dog was fun. Actually, I think join the RAF and have sex with everyone, or is that just? 
That's a different. Mind. That's a different, different story. Different story. Is that right. so no, you, no, that's Jack Harkness. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, uh, it, I think actually the blackout and all clear is in the same universe. It as is. The Dome Stay. Yeah, yeah. Um, as, as well as to say nothing of the dog. It's all the the time traveling by prob, you know like easy and hard places depending on your likelihood of of actually changing history that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's neat. It's an it's an interesting concept, certainly. It, it is. It's a, it's a nice, different take on the perfect time travel or catastrophic time travel. It's time travel is moderately difficult, but makes sense at the same time. <laughs> uh, which is you know, it's not Primer where everything makes perfect sense, it's just confusing as fuck. <laughs> um, and it's not Star Trek, where it's like, well, we'll just hand wave it away. So, another thing that came out this week, from what I understand, was the 7th edition mm-hmm. of Warhammer 40k. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there's a bunch of 40, Warhammer 40k players in here, as well as, you know, probably people in our audience who are all interested in Warhammer. So, brief review, perhaps, from people of what's what's new and exciting in Warhammer 40k? It's Warhammer 6.1. It's not 7. It's, okay. not uh, it's at least 6.2 or 3. <laughs> um, it's definitely not 7, though. So, so what are the big changes? What are the things that you expected to see change that didn't? Well, there's a lot of rumors about changing the way Assault works. Um, none of those came true. It worked exactly the same. Well, assaulting through cover is now... That's true, that's uh, true. Minus 2 inches instead of 2d6, take the lowest. 3d6. Does it still drop your initiatives, come on? It still does drop, it still drops your initiatives, yeah. They didn't add always strikes first and always strikes last, did they? Nope. What silly rules. Um, I'm looking forward to Flying monster creatures. Are both better and worse? Uh, generally worse. Yes. In, uh, Jink rule got worse. Uh, Jink rule you have to choose before any shots are fired, and you can only snap shoot on your turn. So basically only transports are really the only people that don't really want to. Before any shots are fired? Yep. Oh, wow. When you were talking about it before, I assumed it was like Go to Ground, where you're like, no. I'm going to jink! But no, it, is, it is like Go to Ground. <clears throat> well, well, except, but Go to Ground you can do after, after rolls to wound. Oh. You can go to ground. You can Actually, be like, I'm not sure that you can still oh, do that. Oh, really? You might have to go to ground now before. Wow, that kind of poses Go to Ground. Yeah. Uh, I didn't look closely, but, but I don't really care. I almost never go to ground, so I don't honestly um, care. And then, of course, and then of course, the <laughs> biggest chance, the biggest change is the end of the psychic phase, which before you get really excited, it's not nearly as good, even remotely, as the magic phase is, is a fantasy. They they basically made psychers way more powerful and way more dangerous at the same time, and semi hose denying the witch, making it a little bit better, but a little bit, but a lot harder, it's, and figuring it's about that everything that... is unlikely. It, it's more. Instead of psychic stuff being fairly reliable and understandable, it's now wacky, crazy hijinks. Well, uh, okay. I, I think overall, the the idea of having its own phase that all the psychic powers exist in, I think, is a solid move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think adding the ability to have an inter- have the interesting mind games of fantasy for dispelling and casting powers and the order you cho- you do that in is very is also a great move. I love it in fantasy. It's my favorite part of fantasy. However, they made it... They, they ruined all the good parts of fantasy because it's substantially harder to um, to deny the witch, to stop powers, than to cast them. Um, to the point where it's statistically not even worth it, really, most of the time, to try to to try to try stop high-level powers. Like, the, the, the level 2 and 3 shit um, that you probably really want to stop 
It's just not likely. They're more like they're more likely to fail than you are to stop it. It's just weird. Because um, so basically how it works is that you have a um, it's kind of like Shadowrun where you have um, a dice pool and so you roll a certain number of dice and uh, a hit if you're trying to cast as a four up. So a four, five, or six, you get a hit. And you need so many, you know, as many hits as you as you need as the spell prescribes. So if a spell is a warp charge one spell, you need one hit. If it's warp charge two, you need two hits, so on and one. Um, to dispel, you hit on a six instead of on a four, and you need to equal the total amounts of hit gained. So if a person casts a spell, even if they only need one to cast it, if they roll four hits, because they roll four dice, you now need to get four hits to stop it on sixes. On average, if you have four time, three times as many dice as they do, you'll... You have a shot at, or, you know, at dispelling it. Yeah, except each of you gets a, um, a d6. So, you, so the person who's turning just rolls a d6, and that's the number of dice they have. you have, plus the mastery level, mastery level of all your psychers combined. So if you have, you know, two level one psychers and three level two psychers, you get an extra eight dice that someone who, let's say, has no psychers, or even just one or two psychers, just can't compete with, which means you can just throw more dice at the problem. Oh, yeah, it's going to be really hard for anyone to dispel anything. Mm-hmm. It, it's basically going to turn into shot uh, into shooting all of your dice, throwing all of it on one power. Be like, this one power I don't want to go off. Um, and But even then, the sheer number of dice you're going to need to dispel something that even has a target number of two. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it jumps up. So, like, what, and that's why I say I don't think it's even worth most of the time trying to dispel two or three level powers. Is Are there bad things can, that can happen to you when you're trying to dispel? Nope. No. Only, Only when, when you're, you're trying, trying to cast. cast. Which is not that likely. It's double sixes or more. Uh, two or more sixes. Well, that gets pretty likely. To yeah, once roll. you're rolling... But you don't need to roll more than, like, three dice! Uh, that's not true. Well, that's not if, true. You're, if you're, you're casting trying... something that's worth two or three, so like... Um, oh, okay. Four or yes. six. Then, yeah, for, for two or three. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Because you're going to need at least three successes, of which odds are one will be a six and very likely two will be six. Oh, totally. Yeah. But well, now, now that, for, to, to cast something, you only need four ups. Yeah, but. Yeah, but you still need to roll basically. You need to roll three four ups, yeah. at least. Yeah. If you roll three four ups, there's a good chance two of them are sixes. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it just It's just a weird system. Like. What's, what seems striking to me, you were telling me about the ways that you can modify the dispel. If yeah. you've got a if you've got a psychic that you're targeting with a psychic power, they dispel on a five up. Correct. If that if you're uh, if you've got a higher level psychic mm-hmm. that is dispelling than the person who's casting at the time, you get an additional plus one, yep. even if they're not being targeted specifically. Um, no, it's, no, you, you oh, have to be a target of a spell. Oh, I see. If, so, if, if the Psyker unit is being... If, if, so if a unit has a Psyker in it, and they're, they're the target of, of a spell, then if you have a Psyker for... Uh, then, then now you're just spelling on fives. If it's a higher level Psyker than the one casting, then now you're just spelling on fours. Now, the Psyker can't extend the benefit to other squads, other units. It's hmm. only the unit they're in. Interesting. I... That seems like it encourages... Uh, Psychospan, yes. So, well, not just Psychospan, <laughs> but it, it could also, if you don't have many Psychers, it could encourage... Uh, Death Stars? Death Stars. Yeah. We play Battleship Warhammer in uh, in fun and games, and it sounds like Battleship 40k might happen, too. It already kind battleship of a little bit did. Warhammer? It's where you take all your guys and put them in one big battleship and smash them together, whereas in tournament play, uh, apparently it's very different from what we play in fun and games, where there's lots of little mini-units, and some of the armies are balanced to do well in the tournament play, but some of that doesn't work particularly well in Battleship Warhammer environments. Well, part of that was, for a while, and I guess maybe this has changed, there was a strong aversion to using, like, death spells on units. There were certain spells that just would wipe out, basically wipe out entire units. 
And so that is one of those things that discourages people from putting all their eggs in one basket, as it were, because if you can cast one spell and wipe out a whole unit, it's just like, I win. The strategy behind a Death Star is that if someone casts that at you and you've got a Death Star, your Death Star might survive in some regard. In 40k, it's significantly more likely, because you can very easily get a 2-up rerollable now. I mean, you, you could in 6, too. But, like, you still can. Um, on top of that, you can summon more into your Death Star, and you can make a bigger Death Star. <laughs> yeah, apparently you can Let's summon see. models that can summon models in yep. this game. Mm-hmm. Though, if you're, if you're not a demon, <laughs> oh, any double Or a uh, herald. Oh. Yeah, Harold, Harold's are the one. Now, now Yoni's well, right. Well, like, if, you, if you're not a demon, then what? Then any doubles, not just double sixes, well, Perils of the War Keeper. Wow. Oh, actually, shit. Now, not uh, good. one kind of cool thing is that if there's, instead of it, Perils of the War just causing a wound like it used to, now there's a chart, you roll a d6. It's much more nasty. And all sorts of weird shit happens. It's usually bad. Except if you roll a six, you can... Make a leadership test, and if you succeed, you actually get a bonus. If you fail, you take a wound and it saves. Um, you basically become a monstrous creature if you roll a six when you peril for, for one turn. It's like, oh, the power of the warp uh, fills me. It's weird. <laughs> but so, it's, it's, it's really unlikely. So any doubles creates a peril for Only demonology. from the demonology school. Only from the summoning school. Oh, good. Because <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that is deadly as yeah. shit. And, and, but see, here's the, here's the thing, though. It's... That is only the case for non-demons. But guess who can bring not only the most psychers mathematically possible... <laughs> We're looking at you, horrors. But also ha- um, can now summon more psychers, e- even like relatively safely, is demons. Demons were really good in 6th. I think they're going to get crushingly good so, in 7th. So my Araby demons are going to uh-huh. make an appearance then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Space I- elephants with cannons! <laughs> <laughs> And I, honestly, elephants. honestly, I don't, I don't even know if demons are going to be fun to play against because they're like they just bring psychers and they shut down anyone else's psychers and they get off all their spells forever. Psychers and... sound like an, uh, demon psychers, particularly, just sound like an investment in other units. No, because all their psychers are monstrous creatures. No, Flying uh, monsters. What about the heralds? Uh, I think they still fly, don't they? Not all of them. Um, in fact, uh, o- only one herald can fly, uh, and that's uh, if they. Pr- take a particular mount, which is a disc of zinch. Well, fair enough. Either way. Um, <laughs> it all, is a disc all, with mouth. All with a mouth demons, and, like, a little traily. All the zinch demons I've ever fought against were flying ones, but I don't play game, I don't play against demons very often because there's not a lot of demons yeah. around here. Only half the greater demons fly, either. Some of them roll. Great, unclean <laughs> one. I'm too fat to walk. I can still roll. <laughs> <laughs> is there still a cap on the number of psychic powers that a single model can use in a turn? Uh, it's based on how much warp charge you have and whether or not you've each, gotten sucked into the warp. Each model can only cast. Each model can only cast a spell once. Okay, so if you like know four psychic powers, then you can do four psychic powers theoretically. Yes, but you could not <laughs> okay. do that one psychic power four times. Right. So does okay. this mean you could... Uh, th- this sounds an awful lot like the 6th edition Warhammer Fantasy uh, rules where you get batteries for your main wizard who knows great mm-hmm. spells and you bring chump wizards who are like ah, I'll help you! I'll help you! Wizarding yep. master, I'll give you yep. some spells! Yep. Yep. The problem with, <laughs> with that version was that... Well, one of the problems was that if you have like Ten wizards, and your opponent has one wizard. Then basically, your opponent has no wizards, and you have wizards. Mm-hmm. And 
Mm-hmm. And Tau have no wizards. Yeah. And Necrons have no wizards. Well, yeah, but that and means they can never waste points on them. <laughs> That's I just true. Just throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Tau might have the oh, specifically Farsight Enclaves might have the best deny the witch piece of equipment ever. Twenty five points. It's basically a dispel scroll for half mm-hmm. an army anytime you want it. I'm not 100% sure it's going to work this way for sure. So, basically, in the old way, in the old edition, when you were targeted by a maledictions, some sort of offensive spell, you rolled a d6. And on a 6, then, voila! You dispel- you denied the witch. Ha ha! Take that witch. Um, yeah, take that witch. So, that they have sense. an arcane talisman that the Farsight found on some planet that you can hand off to some guy that, to carry. And this talisman, Talisman of Arthas Moloch, allows you to roll 46. Looking, fishing for that six, which is really good. It like improves your chances significantly. However, because of the wording, we you roll forty six instead of one when denying the witch. It could be a multiplicative effect. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll probably be just additive, but that's still super powerful. Well, yeah, I, I seriously doubt it. Sixteen dice. <laughs> just be like, yeah, I get you know, like the guy, you know, that you have five dispel dice to work with, except you actually have twenty. <laughs> Well, that would probably if if it was that way, you probably have to roll each die, the four dice for that die, and then the second die, and so forth. I I can't see it actually giving you extra dice. Oh, I see. Each of those dice would be four dice, which you would uh, grab one of. Well, yeah. yeah. See, it does have this nice. See, and that's the reason I don't think it's going to be a multiplier is because it it has a line of taking the highest at the end. Which is which is the the sort of thing that you could argue that one dice turns to four and then you fish for that and if you get a six it turns into a six and then you do want to do it again but I doubt it's gonna work. That, <laughs> that <way>. seems asinine. <laughs> that said, until it's eroded, that's what I'm gonna treat it as because verbatim that's how it works. <laughs> I'm taking the highest each time, guys, until somebody stabs me. <laughs> Hey, Tao gotta do something and keep getting boned by all these Psyker batteries now. Like, Eldar, seriously, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Eldar and Zinch do the, you know, have a really powerful Psyker, take Eldrad, and then a bunch of chump level ones as batteries. Like, totally, that's exactly what it is. Can, uh, can, can the Apocalypse allies, do they share their psychic points? I think the player just gets one psychic pool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a total psychic pool. Interesting. The magic phase is really hard to get right because they don't have it quite right in fantasy either because it doesn't yeah. scale with the points. But on the other hand, this doesn't seem like a good way to do it either. I don't know how I would fix it if I was going to be like, oh man, it should be exactly why, like why this. Why don't they just make it dispelling on a 4-up? And every 4-up you get, or even make it a 5-up or a 6-up, like whatever. And takes away a success. So they have to throw extra success. dice in the ones they want to get off. Precisely. I was surprised that they didn't have it take away successes because that seems like it would be a good way to balance mm-hmm. the it has to be a hit on a 6. Mm-hmm. Because then you'd say, well, I need to have extra insurance on my four ups, so I've got to have a bunch right. of dice for this big spell because they can take it away yeah. if I'm not careful. Now that would encourage shotgunning dice of just you know one 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 across the board. It's actually but more fun. That is but more yeah, fun. It's, it's, a lot of ways. Maybe I get you there. Maybe I get you yeah. there. It, it's it's more interesting, I think. Um, and I I'm gonna wait to see how it plays out, and then I might be like, hey guys, want to house rule this? No, okay, fine. <laughs> It's definitely worth seeing how it is in action. Yeah. As I mean, it is worth saying I have not played a game yet. It's just sp- from reading a book. Are the spells more powerful than yes. those spells? Yes. Hmm. That's kind of Significantly. Made with fantasy when it mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. 
I was actually kind of hoping they would uh, peel back uh, ninth edition fantasy magic power level. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of like the power level where it is right now. Aside from some of the unit killing spells, oh, I yeah. wish that they allowed uh, ward saves. Yeah, I think or, or armor saves. Yeah, allow that matter. Just adding, you can take a ward save on this thing that annihilates your unit because yeah. magic resistance is a thing. But magic resistance is a ward save, and if they disallow magic. Uh, or if they disallow ward saves, they disallow the ability to resist that magic with your magic resistance. Which, it's very well thought out. <laughs> that is actually one thing I really... Sorry. Uh, there's actually one more thing that kind of that reminded me of. Uh, they changed how D-weapons work. Destroyer weapons. Um, thankfully, they're significantly better now. You get both cover saves and invuln saves. Unless you roll a sex to wound. So it's kind of like really powerful rending, basically. Sounds like killing blow, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For ward saves. Yeah, actually, fair enough. Um, but no, it, well, it used to be no saves of any kind were allowed, uh, instant death. And now it's just do a couple extra wounds. It works like a cannon in fantasy where it just does extra wounds, and then on a six, it's killing blow. What was, what made a strength D weapon less powerful than a vortex grenade? Vortex grenades hung about. And moved around turn to turn. Gross. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, by the way, there's a psychic power that now does that. Well, yeah, that sounds totally unsurprised. But can but it's units deep. move through it? A vortex grenade? Not without dying. I mean, oh, the psychic power. The psychic power. It makes a vortex, and the vortex yeah. shuffles around per the vortex rules. But can units move through it? No. It's, it's a... It, 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 it's okay. basically dangerous terrain that when you move through, you get hit by it. Which it's strength so you can deep. move through it. Well, you could hypothetically get hit by a strength I, D. I ask this question because this is a mechanic in fantasy, and you could move through it, and people did because it was like, oh, it the was template w- is going to trash me, but I have to get into the intellectual safety of combat. <laughs> and uh, they actually added an FAQ that said, no, you can't move through it. We're sick of your. To be honest, I didn't read it that something. closely. I could imagine. But... Yeah, I could imagine though being down on the ground and your commander's like, "We gotta go through that vortex to fight that guy," and we're like, "I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about what that. What about fighting in the shade? You got it. That's shady. <laughs> and when there's a skull storm right there in front of us, we'll fight in the skull storm. <laughs> you know, it gave Tomb Kings anything. <laughs> skull cool. storm. It's, yeah. it's a Tomb King's Magical Vortex. I see. They don't have a great description of it, but I would like to imagine that it's a tornado made of skulls instead of, like, like particles of sand. Like, not, like a shit ton of skulls Tons. just whirling. Yeah, that's honestly Seems what I imagined. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, um, but yeah, the spells overall got more powerful. Like, invisibility now, you snap shoot, which is significant, because template weapons can't be used against them anymore. And most ignores cover weapons are templates. Hmm. Tau being a very notable exception. I don't know. I, I don't. I think ignores covers fine. Like I, it's usually on like things like artillery or grenades and and big explosive Vultures. things. Well, but it's it's big explosive powerful rounds. It makes sense. It's it's it adds an interesting uh, like it. It keeps people from just camping in cover, being like, oh, I'm safe from everything. Because it's so easy to just get a four-up save, which, I mean, a lot of armies are, would be happy to have. Orcs, Imperial Guard, like, they they would love to have a four-up save that can't be punched by armor. Or, you like, cool! And it's so easy to get. I think having some ignores cover in there is not a bad idea. 
This podcast is fully copyrighted by its hosts. Visit us at podcastmagicmissile.com. I Podcast Magic Missile, attacking the darkness since 2012.